Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. I'm so excited for this chat. A very comfortable, loungy position today. So um, really relaxed chat. Thank you, Ash, for coming in. I'm going to get you to introduce yourself, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. And just introduce also what we're going to be talking about, because, my gosh, have we got some (laughs) meaty topics to get into. So who are you? So I'm Ash. I uh, work for The Jungle Body. I am a choreographer, and I have been a dance coach for... 15 years now um, since I was a teenager myself danced my whole life yeah and yeah I I love sport I love dance I love music I love um I love educating people around um recently I became disabled yeah um so challenging people's perception of what disability looks like um in the community and that it's not just what what we think it is it's not just people in a in a wheelchair who can't ever walk or do things like that so yeah that's amazing thank you so much and we actually met at an event I was doing a little painting as a mental health awareness I think it was the week along um it was the end of closing ceremony of mental health week yes and um yeah, we never really got a much opportunity to chat because I'm there painting and just, I you think were, I made you, you paint doing a an tree amazing paint. Yeah, we were painting trees and we were so excited yeah. by, by our contribution to Yeah, it. and um, Jungle Body itself, I actually also, complete coincidence, years ago, I think it was in the very first stages of, yeah. of establishment, I was working as a massage therapist at the Wacker. And I didn't want to be rude, but I was like, what is that thumping noise and that like vibrations? And the, that I was the first mental health class that we did. I don't know, but I, I do know that I had players under my hands on the table going like, I'm trying thing? to relax here. What's that noise? And then I found out and yeah. like purse so small anyway, that is, we've, is we've kind small. of crossed paths a few times. Yes. So I'm very excited to finally understand a bit more about Jungle Body, understand a bit more about you and understand about how especially Jungle Body helps with mental health awareness and in the community. So let's start there. We will get on to your personal story a bit later. But Jungle Body, how did it start? How has it grown to become the massive entity that it is? It's so exciting. It is, yeah. And um, maybe, yeah, we'll start there and then we'll... Yeah. So the Jungle Body was founded um, or... 13 years ago now uh, by Tara Simic yeah. uh, in Perth yeah. so that's super exciting for Perth um, yeah. and she went to the US for uh, university um, and she was while she was there it wasn't actually anything to do with what she was there for she noticed um, in a she loved the gym loved yeah. group fitness everything about it and while she was there she kind of uh, observed that whilst the the front half or the real fitness junkies who are doing it 10 classes a week are keeping up and and really getting the most out of their workout, there was about 50% or the back of the class that were just not keeping up, not getting the workout, it was too hard, Mm -hmm. they weren't coming back. Um, So she came back here and she started the Jungle Body in the idea that it is fun, it's music to movement. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we always say, we've just launched a few kids programs as well, and we always say that how can we remember lyrics so well but you know I can't remember if I made the bed this morning or not and it's because music is really healing Mm -hmm. so it has that aspect but it's really there's four moves so 
it's not too complicated for the average person to follow. Yeah. So it became this kind of viral fitness sensation in that it was fun. It's like going to a nightclub, but there's no drunk people. There's no people like hanging off you. There's no hangover. (laughs) It's just, and the bonus is you're burning all these calories and you're having fun. Yeah. And then over the last probably, well, since I've been doing it, so 2000, end of 2014, um, we've really noticed the effect it's had on people's mental health, mm-hmm. um, not just the fitness side of it, obviously, and the endorphins, but also the community that we've grown, yep. um, that you're more likely to attend if you've got a community that's keeping you a little bit more accountable. Um, it's your place that you you don't have to be good at it. You don't have to be there for an epic workout sometimes just getting there and moving your body and being seen by a community is so important so and sport does that whether it's organized kind of competitive sport or exercise if you're doing it with others a bit like any experience that you share you're going to bounce off each other's energy if it's a positive experience you're going to become more positive negative more negative so I can imagine that even just standing in the room it would be actually impossible to do that because you start tapping your toe and then you start seeing someone smile and then before you know it you're full and you have a bracing it an instructor that's there every week um they're asking you you know how was your day and just having those those people and even the participants just ha- just walking in and being like hi how are you yeah. is is huge f- and a lot of people don't have that in their day-to-day life so having yeah. that consistently is massive and I think you hit on something really important I am an athlete like I've mm-hmm. played um, sport all my life and at a competitive level but I as a previous personal trainer I appreciate that not everybody and usually the people that aren't so confident in moving in their bodies have the confidence to be able to do that in front of other people because there's such fear of judgment and going into a gym I mean I found it intimidating and I'm an an, an athlete I I had never stepped foot in a gym until I started teaching the body in one because it was very um if you don't know what you're doing or there's a lot of shame in looking yeah. silly or not yeah. being the best. Or even not looking in shape, which is so ironic mm-hmm. because like people that's go to the right. gym to get in shape, yeah. hopefully. But yeah, I think that's a really beautiful kind of selling point, a bonus yeah. to the whole um, the whole model that um, Jungle Body offers is yeah. that it's about just participation and having 100%. fun and Anybody can zero do judgment. It. You can take it to your level. So yeah. there's um, every move that we give you will give you something that's a little bit easier if you're not quite there yet. And, we, yeah. you know, there's we have instructors that are on all different levels of fitness. We have some really, like Tara, the founder, is super fit. Yeah. So, like a little ball of muscle can just smash out class after class and look amazing. And then we have instructors that are just on the, the start of their fitness journey and it's not even about fitness for them. It is more about the mental health and the um, the music and the community side of things. Yeah. So it definitely is anybody can come along and do it. So fill us in, what would be a typical session? What could I expect? Or maybe you have different, I know you said you're working with kids now. Have you yep. got like a menu of options? We do. So, <laughs> Give us a, this is your chance yep. to plug. Give yep. us a little sale so of what we could. Our banner program is, well, our banner business is the Jungle Body mm-hmm. and we have eight programs. Mm-hmm. So we have Conga is our um, bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So y- you can expect to do boxing and hip hop and dance hall and toning and um, we do really hardcore like arm tracks that really burn but it's not hard movements and squats and all sorts of the fun things. So yep. a bit of everything. And then we have our Viper, which is all, it's a little bit more hardcore. <laughs> so we have um, boxing, um, hit, MMA, all that kind of a little bit more aggressive, not as much dance. Mm-hmm. 
Then on the flip side, we have our Tiger program, which is all dance. So it's um, like Latin and hip hop and a little bit more complex moves, a little bit more sexy. Um, Sharice, our choreographer, likes to call it the adults only program because it is a little bit naughty. It is a little bit more like that. Then we have Burn, which is our dumbbell program. So, so super unique in that we use low weight. So we're not using big 10 kilo dumbbells. We're using one and a half or two kilos. That and is people, enough. It is enough. Oh my gosh. Because it's I've high done little repetition. Bits of, yes, boxing, even 1K. Yeah. I do a boot camp just on a Saturday morning yeah. just to tick that. I've done a boot camp box yeah. every week. And I'll literally pick up the ones. We do 100 a reps. You're like, oh, my, it's really yeah. And we get people who come in for the first time. They're like, oh, no, I'm going to use the five. Yeah, yeah no, I'm good. And we're no, like, no, okay. I, I, I lift. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. 30 seconds in, yeah. they're like, little T-Rex arms. Yeah. So it is. It's high repetition movements. It's a bit faster. It's all set to music. Um, and then we have Jaguar, which is my my baby, my yeah. program, my choreograph, which is a toning. Um, so not uh, it's not cardio, it's not high impact, but it will really target those small muscles for long lean muscle mm-hmm. um, and changes your body. Then we have Get Low, which is our low impact. So it's targeted at over 55s, baby boomers, pre and postnatal mm-hmm. um, uh, disability, anyone who needs something a little bit less complicated a little bit less low impact um and we still use fresh music but majority of it is kind of that 60s 70s 80s um to target the older generation and it's the best fun everybody loves it even you know I love going to a get low class just jamming out with them and then we have our two kids programs so cubs is ages two to six really educational um like we said movement to music um they're all themed so we might have animals or we might have around the house um and then we have raw which is seven to twelve so it's a bit like conga it's a bit of everything but it's obviously family friendly music there's no um explicit (laughs) themes like you'd find in the adults amazing yeah gosh so it's really something for everybody for sure and I know that over the last few years especially you've done some quite exciting events there was one at Rotto you've done some obviously you did the one at the Wacker where I was trying to work but that's cool that was the night it rained I think so. We weren't yeah. expecting rain until the, That's the morning of, yes. I think. And we were going to do it outside and then you had to come in and then it halfway was above us. Th- halfway That's through, we right. had to, to, to transfer inside because it was yeah. pouring down with rain and then the sound system started sparking and we were slipping. It was just... <laughs> but there was like 300 people like or something jungle, there out right? in the rain. It was. Yeah. It just shows you, you know, the community that they don't want to miss an event, even if it's yeah. pouring down. <laughs> so what's a, some of the standout event? Obviously, that one's memorable. Any other major events that happen or that are in the pipeline that are coming up? Yeah, we've always got things coming up. Um, we love to work with WA uh, Mental Health. Mm. Um, we love working with them. That was who we did the Rotnest event with. Uh, we've just had our convention yeah. um, two weekends ago now, which is like the highlight of the Jungle Body calendar. We do mega classes and we have a ball and all that sort of thing Um, but we do have lots of um, workshops and mega classes popping up a bit later in the year Um, we've got the Sydney Fitness Expo Mm -hmm. in April Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head the rest of the calendar but yeah it's if you head to our website there's always because we're global, there's always classes popping up. That was my next question. Everywhere. So you obviously established and started in Perth. Yep. Have we got other countries, other we places? Do. Really? Yep. We're all over the world. Wow. And we're always looking for more instructors. I think that's the most yeah. important thing. We have so many people reach out saying, you know, I, I don't have a class near me. Yes. So if you know of anybody that would be a great instructor, just definitely send them our way because the training is it's super easy. It's all online. Yep. Um, 
yeah. It's, How about England? Have you got any? We've got lots in the UK. It's yes. big in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Because I head back there a few times. Yeah. You need to find a class. The thing, I love a dance. Yeah. Like, I want my claim to fame. I performed at the Hippodrome. It was a Bangra hip hop, like, contemporary mashup thing. I did this dance summer kind of whole workshop yeah. and then we perform there. I I like to think I've got a bit of beat, but the fear of choreography, I have yeah. such respect. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would be like, how are there any more moves or ideas or... Yeah, well, when we get to like October each year, our brain, we're like, oh my God, what can I... I'm trying to be fresh and I'm trying to have yes. new things and I'm, yeah, so... But music is probably the most important thing. If there's good music being released, it's super easy to create. If there's yeah. if a bit of a lull, um, especially through COVID, obviously no one was recording anything, so it was a little bit harder to to be fresh and creative. Yep. Yeah, you're so talented. You can. Do oh, it. thank you. That's amazing. I just, I love, I love the creativity of, of it, and yeah. um, yeah, I love that I can apply my dance background to um, this job. There's not many choreography jobs in the world, and especially not many in Perth. So yeah. the fact that I get my dream job. Well, so were you? Her. Did you used to be a professional dancer, or you were not professional in, in dance? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I did calisthenics my whole life. I don't know um, what that is, sorry. So it's like, it's an Australian only, it's a very unique sport. It's okay. kind of a combine between rhythmic gymnastics and dancing. Um, there's a little bit of everything. So I grew up, yeah, doing that my whole life. Wow. So when I found this, I was like, I didn't like the gym. I didn't like working out as such. I've played sport and danced. So when I found the jungle body and I was like, this is just dancing. It's not, you know, the bonus is I'm keeping fit. Yeah, your yeah. dream job. Yeah. That's yeah, it incredible. is. A dream job. That's amazing. Yeah. So let's go a little bit onto your story and and how you've got to sitting here with yeah. me on this couch because really fascinating. I did a little bit of a, a look about through your Instagram and your story, and you've told me a little bit, but I'm sure even more will come out from you just talking yeah. about it. Initially, when you got diagnosed, I've written it down here: transverse. Myotitis. Myelitis. Myelitis. Sorry, I'm dyslexic. No, that's all right. Got my, my little letters mixed up there. Um, how does that present itself? Did you have a few um, episodes of feeling like numbness and lack of feeling? Did it just hit you like that? Yep. Tell me. Go yep. from the start. So two years ago this week, it is, I, wow. I woke up one morning and I couldn't feel both my legs. Um, and I've always had quite low blood pressure and bad circulation. So I've always got lots of pins and needles. Yeah. If I sit on limbs too long, they go numb, that kind of thing. So I thought, oh, I've obviously slept funny. The, the feeling came back within about 20 minutes. So I kind of sat on the bed. And then I didn't really think much of it until a week later I had uh, calisthenics training. I was um, ready to start the year again. And my hip was just tight. It was sore and tight and I couldn't push into any anything flexible. Then that kind of started getting worse and I thought I had a pinched nerve. Um, I hadn't really noticed any weakness at that point. It was, it was more the hip. I remember the pain in my hip. I went to my chiro and he, he asked if I'd had any numbness and I said, oh, yeah, now that you've mentioned it, I, I did. And he was like, oh, look, I'm not going to crack you because if you've had numbness, we, we need to get that checked out. So he sent me for an MRI. And he said, if it gets worse before the MRI, go straight to emergency. Wow. So the next, yeah, so the next day I went to the, sorry, went to the doctor to get the MRI referral yes. and, and he kind of lifted my leg and let it go and it dropped. And he was like, 
I need you to hold it there. And I was like, I can't. This is really odd. I hadn't noticed. Um, so, yeah, and the hip got worse. Then I developed this really excruciating nerve pain in my thigh, just my left thigh. And it was the most horrific thing I've ever felt in my life. Like I've given birth naturally, no drugs, and this was flooring me like I couldn't my six-year-old well, she was four at the time try, I remember she like went to hug me and just the, the slight touch on my leg I yep. almost hit it I was like just please don't couldn't have my shorts touching it I had to roll them up yeah and then the next day so that was a Friday on the Saturday morning I went to coach my little ones and I couldn't lift my body past halfway my hip had kind of seized up it was so painful and by the time I got home I couldn't walk so my partner said we're going to emergency this is what's happening all the while thinking I've just got a pinched nerve yeah. they're gonna give me some kind of painkiller and um, I remember sitting in the waiting room and she said to me oh when this is done we'll go get a beer around the corner and I was like yeah yeah cool well I was there for three weeks I went um had it got worse as I was in the waiting room. I then couldn't feel both my legs. I couldn't walk. They had to bring me into the so sudden emergency. So, so sudden. Wow. Um, they sent me straight through for an MRI, and within a couple of hours, they had seen a lesion on my spinal cord, which is essentially just inflammation at my T11. Isn't it? I know that from my previous training because yep. I was trying to figure out myo is like your muscle muscle so there's inflammation so it's the myelin sheath, sheath. Yeah. yes yeah. I in my so. spinal cord i was gonna come with like a doctor don't i like yeah it. i understand what yeah. it is it's and transverse it's just straight across yes. at, um the so mine is in my t11 vertebrae which is roughly in line with my belly button and so how basically does that everything come about down. is that from an injury and acute episode or your body can just go nah let's just it, it could be literally anything so when we were in there listening we were like what what's caused this yes. And I said it could be like a virus. It could be, um, it, it could be from. Um, so some people have had them from like vaccines or medications because you're essentially your body goes into fight something that's yeah. happened to your body and it fights too hard yeah. and attacks itself. So we st we're still not a hundred percent sure how mine started, but I've since had a um, multiple sclerosis diagnosis right. so it's more common in people who have MS yeah, so they think okay. that the MS has caused it yep. but we're not sure when that came about so there's be, there's lots of it's very rare that um, was my next question because I've never heard anything like this yeah it's super rare but it, it was quite weird when I went in um even though it's so rare they had had a case in the same hospital only six months previous so I'm extremely lucky they knew what it was mm. So they acted really fast. And how lucky that your Cairo thought to mm. ask you about numbness and yeah. did the right thing there. Yeah. I'm sure that could have caused some serious... Yeah, who knows what would have happened knows. there. That's yeah. right, yeah. So you got your diagnosis. Things progressively, are, or do they stay the same over those three weeks you were in hospital? They were still trying to figure it out in those three weeks? Yeah, so they don't really know because it's so rare and because it presents so differently in everybody. Mm -hmm. Every case is different. It's hard but they they had a few things that I was on a very strong um IV steroids mm -hmm. I had this huge um it's on my Instagram but it's it was like a, a line that. in my neck and it went all the way down and basically it's called plasmapheresis or plasma um, exchange and they remove your blood and wash away all the antibodies and then put it back in you wow. it was super cool uncomfortable does it hurt can you feel it or you don't really no, have I couldn't feel it it was just uncomfortable yeah. so like I had to um I was wearing a headband because it 
when it flapped it was just a weird yeah. feeling um and obviously I couldn't sleep very freely um but not painful mm. yeah 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 so yeah all of that and physio yep and because it's rare presumably they don't know how people are gonna either make a full recovery or whether they will ever recover or if it goes worse did they give you a sense were they like you can definitely walk again within a bit of time no. or there was like they were amazing and they were like this is we we have no idea um I start I was lucky I got pretty much my full feeling back in my right leg within a couple of days yeah, okay. uh, and then about a week and a half later my I started feeling my foot mm-hmm. on my left but I still have no feeling between my hip and my ankle on that leg um and even I had the top neurologist in Australia and he even he was like I can't tell you if it'll ever come back. We don't know. There's so much we don't know about nerves and re- your body repairing itself. We just can't tell you. So through all of this, it's actually in the grand scheme of your life quite a short episode. You know, we're just talking weeks here. Mm-hmm. But mentally, how how did that impact you in the, in that acute phase? And mm. then probably post the most traumatic stages where mentally it all started to yeah, become more sure. challenging. When I came home, it think. hit me. When I was yeah. in hospital, I was it was hitting everyone around me. My partner was struggling. Obviously, she's seeing her life partner, mm. you know, not being able to walk and yep. thinking like, what is our future going to look like? We'd just got engaged the week before. Like it was just everything had changed. Yep. Um, like my daughter struggled a little bit. My family was struggling with it. In hospital, I was kind of, we found out later that the the drug that they were giving me for nerve block is also actually an antidepressant. So I was probably a little bit like, oh, oh it's in your okay. <laughs> but I was also just very much focused on, okay, this is happening to me. I don't have a choice. I've, I have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think when something's happening to you, you have a little bit of control mm-hmm. rather than when something's happening to your partner or your friend, you, yeah. you feel a bit worthless and you feel like you don't know how to help. So... I was just very determined. I said from the beginning, I'm not, I was accepting of if I had to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, I'd make it work for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll make it, you know, I'll, I'll work with it. I'll make yeah. it cool. I'll, I'll, but it won't stop me. But I was determined to walk again. Yeah. I said, I don't know how long it'll take. I, but I was, it didn't feel like the end of me ever walking again. Yeah. I don't know how much being so accepting of the situation led to your recovery, but I think that you've hit on a huge thing there that not always, but quite often the lack of acceptance or the resistance to a diagnosis can actually hinder your progress. And that's so brave and wise of you to be able to go, actually, I just need to accept this and deal with what I've got because it's people fighting against the reality. It's, it yeah. means that they can never really properly For start. sure. And I was also very aware, I kept saying, you know, it could have been so much worse. Like there's people, we joined a Facebook group for people with transverse myelitis and there's people who are paralysed from the neck down or there's people who never walk again or don't get any feeling again, you know. There's people who are, are dying in wards next to me or, or are having, you know, incredible amounts of pain every day. So I was very... I think this is what kept me going every day. I was just constantly reminding myself of what I do have yeah. and what I'm grateful for and it's it's all going to be okay. Like it's not it's not a death sentence for me. It's just the start of something new and we just have to do our best to deal with it. I think there is some backlash or some discomfort in gratitude as a concept because it seems to then 
say that you're not accepting reality or you're ignoring it. Mm. It's actually not that at all because mm -hmm. I practice gratitude daily. It's just part of my yeah. mindset now. And I'm sure most people who have gone through some really tough challenges in yeah. life practice gratitude as a yeah. way to help them. But sure. sometimes I've come up against people saying, well, if you're grateful for small things, it means you're completely ignoring mm. or denying the reality of mm. the tough stuff. That's not necessarily the case, no. is it? It just means there's a balance there. And yeah, and I think there is definitely toxic positivity for sure and I definitely saw it a lot I saw um yeah I, I had a lot of people that were like it's you know just coming in and I could tell that it wasn't authentic but there's definitely a difference between grateful for what you do have and, and acknowledging what could have been yep. and um and then just being like oh forget about all you know the problems I was facing my problems head on I was you know not denying my feelings I had moments of breaking down and sitting with it and feeling helpless but then I was like you know what I am I'm so grateful the doctor took me seriously I'm so grateful that they got me in for an MRI on a Saturday when they don't normally have one mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that they'd had this case six months earlier so they knew to start me on anti uh, steroids and plasma exchange straight away so I think that's the difference it's not completely ignoring the the bad but it's acknowledging the good to, to yeah. keep you going. Otherwise, what else do you have to keep going for, right? Yeah. I think that's so powerful and so important. If mm. anyone listening to this takes a little nugget of wisdom, it's yeah. just make sure you're balancing out the, the narrative with looking at the positives yeah. and looking at what you can be grateful yeah. for. Everyone has something to be grateful for. Yeah. It doesn't might not be huge in that moment, but yeah. there's always something to be grateful for. The fact that you're alive and that you're in a, like especially people in um Anyone who lives in Australia, I think, has something to be grateful for. We're, we're yeah. extremely lucky. Absolutely, absolutely. So in terms of your progress, obviously you're back now dancing and walking and, and moving again. We touched a little bit on the mental health side. And I'm sorry to hear about your diagnosis of MS. How does that look for your future? So obviously you're in a great physical place now compared yeah. to not being able to walk only yeah. two years ago. Um, is there certainty around that or you're not sure or is it going yeah. to decline? Because MS obviously can, again, present very differently in can different be. people. There's four different types of MS. Yeah. Um, some are very um, rapid and degenerative and, and others. So I am not medicated. Um, basically, my diagnosis just came from noticing the, the banding um, in my lumbar puncture. So I haven't had a second attack. Mm -hmm. And I did struggle with this for a little bit with my neurologist of like, again, it's a mindset and how you put things. I was like, so basically I'm just waiting for a second attack. Mm. This is what I'm waiting for in my life. Mm. You know, you won't medicate me, you won't help me mm -hmm. until something else happens. And then what happens next time if it's worse? Mm -hmm. And it was very easy to spiral into that, you know, looking for signs, looking for symptoms. But on the flip side, um, my partner reminded me and he reminded me that they were like, yeah, but it might never come. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, look out for that you can be mindful and I can be I can notice changes in my body and notice when things don't feel quite right and and take notice of it and be aware and ready to act if need be but I don't I'm not waiting for it mm. so is there anything day to day that you have to do differently or that you have to limit or restrict or yeah my energy levels is is a huge thing mm -hmm. I like before I could just keep going I could push through whereas now I, I can't if I've had a big weekend like the Jungle Buddy convention I had to have three or four days of just not getting off the couch mm -hmm. um, 
so fatigue management is huge. Um, I wear a, a foot brace. I have a foot drop. So even just things of what I can wear and how I can wear them. Yeah. Um, I could just, you know, before I used to be able to just throw on any pairs of sho- shoes and it would be fine, whereas now I can't. I can't just buy a pair of shoes online because I don't know how my brace will fit into it. Yeah. So that's definitely um, a big change. But other than that, right now I'm good. When I was in the wheelchair, it was definitely a, a lot to think about day to day. So were you working for Jungle Body when this happened? Yeah. And how would they in facility, obviously you're still working for them yep. and they obviously value you greatly. Yep. How were they in supporting you? And They're amazing. Yep. So I was at filming the day before, two days before I went into hospital. And I, um, that, that's when something started to not feel right. I couldn't, when I was like doing sprint, I couldn't pick up my left leg as fast. Yep. And I was like, oh, again, I just thought it was my hip. <laughs> um, but they, they were amazing. They were always the first to message me and be like a this is so shit but b you're doing so amazing what can we do what um I remember they came and celebrated my birthday with me in there because my birthday was two weeks before and we went into lockdown on that day my 30th birthday we'd had all these plans so that was fine and two weeks later was meant we'd postpone my party to then and I went into hospital so the party had to be cancelled a second time so they came into hospital and celebrated and after that they were um so accommodating so basically I was still choreographing in my brain and they were being my body and and it was yeah it was pretty amazing so have you been instrumental in pushing the mental health working with WA mental health or is it organically all just happened and that's just that you yeah philosophy um, anyway it, the mental health has definitely just happened. Um, with WA Mental Health, our um, marketing and creative director, Adele, has um, fostered that um, with Shendel, they've fostered that relationship. And Adele has been through a lot, more than any human should have to go through in, in um, a shorter per- period of time. So she's been a huge advocate for mental health and, and moving into that space with the jungle body. And we have a few instructors that have been through some pretty horrendous things who have all kind of helped us really move away from fitness being the main goal Mm -hmm. that's just kind of a byproduct now it's definitely more um, community and mental health it's interesting you say that because I've I would consider myself having always worked in wellness and mental health Mm -hmm. however I've been a personal trainer a massage therapist now I'm an artist and an art therapist and there are so many modalities in life where people think they're coming for a sports massage, but really they're coming for an opportunity to have hand-on mm-hmm. body connection because they might not have had a hug in years, yeah. chance to just chat about you know their concerns or worries yeah. or vent or and. Yeah. I probably would put maybe 90% of my clients, even though they were coming for a remedial massage, were actually coming. Yeah, for sure. And we have so many clients coming to classes that we always say to our instructors when we run our courses, sometimes you go to fitness classes and the instructors will single people out and they'll be like, push harder, I know you can push harder. And we've always advocated not to do that with Mm. our classes because you never know what someone's going through when they walk into that door and sometimes this is the first time in a week they've got out of bed and they don't want to work hard I've been to classes I don't want to work hard I just I'm just there to have fun so we really some people don't need to be like if you take me I will be working my hardest don't you worry like telling me to work harder you're not going to get any more energy out of me 
I'm the kind of person that will always give my 100%. So yeah. it pisses me off. I'm like, yeah. shut up. We would do the general, like, come on, push yes, harder. But we would never single people out because it's, yeah, you, you don't know. We've we've had classes where instru- as an instructor, you're like, how am I going to teach yeah. today? Like, I've had the worst day, you know, and the fact that you go and you get up on stage is just the best thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah. So. I think as well in this day and age, there's obviously a lot of encouragement to go to therapy, to talk to someone, to to see a psych. To There is room for that, absolutely. I've had hours of counselling in my life over the last two decades. Yeah. But I actually get more benefit and therapy from doing things where I don't have to talk. Yeah. I don't have to actively engage my focus and attention on something painful. I can get a positive distraction. Yeah. So my therapy is doing sport, for is sure. moving, is going for a yeah. jog with the music in, yeah. is everything but talking about it so. sure and there is a time and a place for talk therapy of I'm course. actually my degree is in psychology and I've been to therapy and I've uh, you know there is a hundred percent a place especially for quite traumatic events or mm-hmm. um, things like that but I think people are very quick to forget about other forms of therapy like moving your body like music like seeing a friend mm-hmm. like eating well and looking after yourself mm-hmm. so it's finding Uh, we always talk about finding your why and finding your thing that just takes you out of it so for me dance was always that growing up it didn't matter what I was doing I can't be thinking about the stuff that's going on in my life while I'm dancing and while I'm learning routines well you actually when you're creating which dance is a form of creation um, it's an art form you're using the right side of your brain when you're worrying when you're procrastinating thinking over analyzing you're using the left side of your brain it is very hard to use both sides of the brain at the same time so doing anything creative is only going to tap into your subconscious take you away from your worries bring down your anxiety and adding that level of um, fitness to it and getting the endorphins and burning Mm -hmm. calories it it changes your whole perception. We always say you're never going to walk out of a jungle body class feeling sad or feeling bad. Yeah. You, you're just going to work out like, I'm so glad I did that. Actually, it was my art teacher. I'll never forget this. She said when I was at school, she was like, Livy, you're never going to regret a run. So like, that's so random because I've never seen you do a run. She was like this beautiful, yeah. like from PE kind of, you just yeah. wanted to give her a hug, kind of not a runner. But she's like, you'll never regret doing yeah. a run. And it's true. Like you never regret exercise. Yeah. It's just the thought of it beforehand That's that right. puts you off. Yeah. Or, but we also have the opposite. We also have people um, who they live for the for the their one hour a week, mm. especially we have a lot of mums and they say that their jungle body class is their one hour a week where they're not mum. Mm. They're not someone's wife. They're not someone's partner. They're just them. So they really look forward to that and not for the fitness reasons. It's just so they can yeah. be themselves. That's so important for parents mm-hmm. because... I, my partner has four kids and she's absolutely in the demand of four other people before her own needs mm-hmm. and I'm like go do something for yourself yeah like I get to selfishly because I don't have four yeah. kids like I yeah, I play and I be their friend yeah. but I step away when it gets hard yeah. but I get to do everything for me yeah 100% of the time yeah. other than my cat because all my family's in England yeah. and my friends I'll be there for but parents you've got to make time for yourself 100% because if you if you're not feeling empowered and your cup's full how on earth can you then give yeah the best to sure. other people so yeah. even if it's just to give yourself an hour where you get get yeah. yourself to a class and I've done classes like I've been to a class where I've literally just stood and, and done this for an hour and I'm like it's all I needed I didn't need to yeah. work out I didn't need to but I just needed to go and, and be 
ash for an hour. Have you heard of no lights, no light? Yes. I don't know if they're a competitor or something, but I probably should Similar, be. but we celebrate our competitors. Yes. Um, I went to one of their classes um, and basically... It's like an ecstatic dance kind yeah, of thing, Yeah, the concept it? is there's no lights. Yeah. And no lycra because it's not about being in it's your Lululemon um, kind of fitness. It's just yeah. moving to sound. Yeah, it's not like uh, choreographed, like you're no, just moving. You're literally yeah. in the dark. Very ecstatic. There's these yeah. little blobs, glow-in-the-dark yeah, blobs. Love that. And you kind of encourage you to stay there, probably for health and safety, so you don't like bash into someone yeah. while spinning around. <laughs> yeah. But I did one of those classes, and probably 10 minutes in, I burst into mm-hmm. tears. I was going through a breakup at the time, it was a few years ago, and I like scurried out, I didn't want to make a scene. And I thought, that's what I needed. I needed a safe place to have mm-hmm. a release. And being in a room full of strangers where no one could see anyone, yeah. and there was a bit of background music that meant it wasn't yeah. heard crying. Sure was so beautiful and I just thought oh my god that's given me like five therapy sessions in 10 minutes for sure I just cried the rest of the night and then felt so much better the next day yeah (laughs) people come to classes for different reasons and every class you get something different out of it depending on how you're feeling um and it's also a chance for people to kind of women especially um be a little bit sexy and be a little bit naughty and it not mean anything like you can just come and, you know, dance to Beyonce and, and shake your booty and it's not yeah. not a big deal. And that's so wonderful to hear because in my previous career as a personal trainer and even as an athlete and being around teammates, there is so much body consciousness, hate about the body. Even my partner, it, it makes me so sad. I can yeah. see the way she looks at herself in the mirror and it is not loving, admirable thoughts. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's checking out a part. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Like... I just want every person to love the body they're in and embrace and celebrate. A little bit like going back to that gratitude yeah. point that just be grateful that we have bodies that mm-hmm. are there carrying us around in the world, that are working hard for us and yeah. get us from A to B. Sure. And this is all the work my partner does. Yes, um, I want to talk a little bit about Rosie. Rosie, yeah. yeah, Rosie Reese. She um, is very... get her on if I can afford her. Very passionate <laughs> about it. She... Um, She's actually just started, well, she's got the movement Stop Sucking It In. Because women, our whole lives have been told to suck our bellies in and we do it naturally. And it's causing a lot of issues where we've now evolved that our bodies have changed and we have this little extra ring of muscle that we didn't used to have because we've been holding our bellies in. I went to a physio and she was incredible and she um, didn't touch put hands on me mm. most physios would kind of manipulate the muscles and whatnot three sessions in a row she just spoke to me mm. and she said you have a bad back and your hip flexors keep cramping because you're sucking your belly yeah. in because you're holding so much tension and pelvic all floor. day every day and yeah. even then when you mentioned it I was like oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like, relax oh, yeah. and I don't I and you watch to... people especially when you're taking photos yeah you instant. watch people instantly yeah. um so yeah that's her movement and um she's just had shirts created that says no I'm not pregnant I'm just not sucking it in oh, and it's helping women reclaim their bellies and yeah we're meant to have bellies women oh, are meant to have bellies yes. we've we've got all these extra organs that men don't have yeah um, also, I see it as my partner has given birth to two of her children, but you know, mother of four kids. That is one of the most beautiful mm-hmm. parts of her body. 100%. I just think, oh my god, you've created two little people in there. Yeah. That is so hot and yeah. so attractive that's and right. just so incredibly beautiful to me. And yet she is so self-conscious. Yeah. I'm like, babe, that's so cool yeah. though. Like, I kind of want a post-pregnancy yeah. belly because I, I want to have grown someone yeah. in me. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when Rosie and I first got together and she spoke about um, they had done a project with plants, actually, and 
there was three identical plants and they had the exact same watering conditions but this guy once when he was watering them one he spoke love and affirmation and two one he spoke hate and you know awful words and the other one he ignored Mm -hmm. and the difference in growth was just incredible and so she says that there's so many little bug (laughs) there's um so many women that come to her workshops and just talk absolute hate and loathing to a particular body part Mm -hmm. and she said what if we spoke love to that body part and and gratitude and told her how much we love it things don't grow or don't get better when we when we foster hate into it so when we we talk to it with love you know why why would they respond with why would your body respond with yeah. love when you're offering nothing but a bit hate like to it? a victim if a bully if if a bully is um, bullying a victim that victim's not going to grow up and grow That's strong right. and and overcome they're just going to get smaller and yeah. more damaged yeah. so oh, yeah. absolutely it's We've definitely got... super important it's and it all I'd... all works in with with what we preach about um not necessarily self-love because sometimes people struggle with that but self-acceptance can you just be can you just accept where you're at and that runs into the the mental health as well you don't have to you know be all guns blazing and like I'm going to do this this and this today but can you just accept where you are and not belittle yourself for what you're not yeah and I think that's that'll be a huge that's a huge stepping stone and that's so true about not striving for self-love because that actually can turn into another stick to beat yourself with because it's like oh I failed at achieving self-love it's very rare I think unless you're like a Buddhist monk to be like, I fully Mm -hmm. embrace and love every cell in my body. We're always going to criticize, but yeah, acceptance. Acceptance I talk about that all the time on this, on this, um, on these conversations is yeah. Acceptance is the first, it's kind of like a grounding, really comfortable place to sit in because there's no judgment and there's no need to change. It's it's just going, I'm enough. This is where I'm at and that's good enough for, you know, for now that's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we hopefully can all strive to yeah. to get to yeah. that place. So what's next for you in terms of, obviously you've gone through a huge turbulent yeah. kind of roller coaster a couple of years. You're probably feeling more comfortable like you're coming out of yeah, that and you feel probably, I'm not making assumptions here, but I assume you now feel equipped to if something like what you experienced yep. happens again, you'd know how to handle it. Yeah, you'd I think last year was just it was a lot um the year it's kind of all like is something else going to happen you know I'm just getting good am I going to be set back there was a lot of uncertainty but I think now that it's been almost two years this you know next week um it's definitely more relaxing and and we are we got through it so as a family and as you know with Rosie and in my work it's kind of like okay we survived that we and nothing bad really you know we can do that we're, we're good if it, ha- if it happens again we're all strong enough that we can take it in our stride and, and move on so definitely I feel like this year we've really it's literally been after new year like January 1st yeah. everything just felt calmer we felt um yeah we're, we're getting married this year so that's a big thank you a big focus um, have you got the venue? Have you got the? Yeah, so it's in April. It's in like. Are you gonna have jungle body days. like doing? Are you gonna choreograph? My actual uh, my partner got married to her ex many many moons yeah. ago, and they 
choreographed. This, they're not dancers, and yeah, then every person funny. at the like the parents and the friends will get everyone do involved. something. That's funny. Down. I was like, oh my god, I would divorce you on the spot. Like, <laughs> be mortified. That's if funny. You made me do a dance thing. Yeah. But. No, I don't know. We're not. We haven't decided on no. anything like that yet. We're still in the thick of. Um, yeah, it's coming around quick. But yes, yeah, so we've got that and honeymoon. So a bit of travel. Um, but in terms of work or health um no I just think we're, we want to pick up where we were before COVID I think yeah. we were ready to really travel with the jungle body and and give some love to those other countries because we're in Perth it's it's hard to kind of Do you know how everywhere. many other countries to get a sense I think of it's the size 10 or 11 countries wow. um worldwide it keeps changing because we have one pop-up in a new country Um, and some areas are more populated the UK it's quite big Um, Malaysia it's huge Um, Australia obviously so yeah but we've got some in Egypt um, and Canada and a couple in the US Um, yeah it's pretty cool that's amazing yeah so just giving them some love and and getting back to travel and building it I think COVID kind of as it did with most people's businesses halted it and I think it was also a a wonderful opportunity to really establish what's important as well I'm I'm personally going through a phase of I was not happy being away from family for For three years yeah I'm making more time to travel back to the UK Um, we really changed our path with the jungle body as well because we saw what was important we were like we can't have our we saw what happened to people when they didn't have their in-person classes and they didn't have their community and they didn't have their regular it became a lot so it definitely helped us re our theme for this year is music movement mental health so it's it's become more important what what we need and what we can offer yep fantastic yeah how exciting yeah it is brilliant (laughs) is there anything else you want to talk about in the conversation today i think we've covered a lot i think we have i'm just so grateful that one that you've been honest and open and you've you've shared what you have so thank you so much but also super inspiring and I think not obviously your the condition that you have is very rare and not everyone's going to be able to relate to that but just to have an inspirational person like yourself come in share their story Mm. hopefully someone can take a little bit of comfort from that and go you know what and you're talking to myself, who I've also spent many, many years in hospital. And we've mm. both gone through that. And it's, it's that we, it is possible. Yeah. It's about being grateful. It's about yeah. the mindset. It's about just yeah, for leaning sure. in, accepting help. Yeah. Um, and openly talking about it and, and yes. putting, like I said, about um, disability on a platform that it's not what you think it is. Like to yeah, look at me, most people. I did people... actually want to ask you about that. So how is saying and, and accepting that I am disabled would you say I am disabled or I have a disability because I've often struggled with that myself when you label someone as something yeah so people would say I am anorexic it's like yeah. no no I have anorexia mm. I am not an anorexic person yeah does that matter to you the, the way I think it matters to a lot of it? different people differently yeah. Yeah. um I try to take the taboo out of the word disabled yeah. I am disabled I have a disability yeah. I have I both Same. Yeah, it's the same yeah. for me. It's the same thing, and I think it's when we. Um, I've spoken to a lot of parents of children who have disabilities, and I think it's so important to not shy away from it. I think they've been in situations where parents have or kids have said, you know, what's wrong with that 
little boy or that little girl and their parents have been like mortified and hushed them away mm. it's not it's not something to hush away from it's about you know so people will say to me oh you got an, you know what's wrong with your ankle or you know and I'll just be like oh I have a disability I can't feel my leg and I need it to walk yeah. and it's being open and upfront it's nothing to be ashamed of mm-hmm. so I think that's the the big thing when I'm when I was in the wheelchair we'd go for our like daily walk or wheel around the block mm-hmm. and so many people would be like oh what happened to you and it's like nothing it's, it's like I had to have broken my leg or yeah you know, people can understand a physical yeah and so when I would say to them yeah. nothing I have MS people would get really triggered and embarrassed mm-hmm. so it's just creating that awareness that a not all disabilities are visible some yes. are very invisible some are, people are in a lot of pain or have a lot of issues that you don't know about um, but it's also not shameful mm-hmm. I think that's the the big key I think as well there's still the stigma and I probably had on heart would this is a bit embarrassing but I think disability has to be something quite catastrophic and quite yeah. like big but yeah. If I'm truly honest, I probably have a learning disability because I'm dyslexic and I really struggle with reading and writing. Yeah. But I would never say I have a learning disability. Like, yeah. But I do, I guess, yeah. if I yeah. if own up Because we, we, we minimise our own experience because we're like, oh, but they have it, you know, worse. Yes. They have a, a big physical disability or they're in a wheelchair permanently. But it's not, I am, it's not a bad thing. It's just that I need a little bit extra help in, in other areas. And that's... Yeah, when I was in the wheelchair, it was definitely um, people would rush to help you or rush to do it for you. Mm. And I was like, I'm I'm good, I can do it. But there was other areas like, I need help. So it was definitely navigating those things. I was very open about my struggles in the wheelchair and about um, things that I had noticed. And I was like, if I'm noticing these things after two months, how are these people living with this every day? Like, we're so unaware simple simple things um like accessibility to disabled toilets quite often the disabled toilets are also a parents change room yeah yeah and I I remember waiting I was so busting and a part of transverse myelitis was bladder control issues at the beginning yeah and I was like I'm gonna wet my pants and someone came out and it was a mum and her baby and I was like it's so frustrating that yeah. disabled people who often need the toilet quicker than others have to wait. They have a nappy, so they can just do it in that, can't they? So just so like, why can't we put, you know, baby change in both male and female toilets? Yeah. Why it shouldn't be in the disabled room? Um, another one I went to the disabled toilet door was too heavy. I couldn't open it on my own. Yes, the freaking irony of that. I have a, an art therapy client who uses a wheelchair when she yeah. goes to TAFE her support worker she had to reduce my hours yeah she couldn't do art therapy because she had to have more support work hours so that the support worker could open the door for her Mm -hmm. to use the disabled toilets yeah and so she had to be there all day or they open the wrong way like it's it's very important that it it's yeah i saw a video of a lady on a plane and she had to scooch herself down the aisle because they they didn't have the aisle chair yeah which is so compact and tiny and I saw how it's like yeah. so easy and it's just heartbreaking yeah. and I also went to Bali over Christmas and it just occurred to me that if you were a wheelchair user no way would you be able to get around Bali mm-hmm. just like hands down no way it's just yeah. not I mean yeah. we've come a long way they've obviously made it a legal requirement that you need to have a ramp and you need to have yeah but even then some of the ramps are not what they should be like yeah. we had to have a, a ramp installed in our house and a, and a um 
our house is not an accessible house. <laughs> it was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. But um, like learning about the gradient of it so that you don't hit the floor and tip yourself out. Like it's it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all a learning curve. But we are not, we like to think we're a very accessible country, but we're, we're actually not yeah. very accessible. I think the word think we we because we think we're being nice and kind and accessible and accommodating that's enough it's actually no you need to do yeah need to, yeah we need to be involving people with disabilities in design and and plan of yeah. buildings and having their their thoughts and feelings around it yeah. even yeah. when it comes to um i just share an example of i was applying for a grant that's a lot of my work is through grants yeah I, someone with dyslexia I cannot write a grant yeah, for sure. like, that is so taxing for me I'm mm-hmm. not going to sell myself in the best way so I rung up the council I was like hey um, I don't have a disability but I'm going to tick the box of I'm dyslexic please can I come and present in person yeah first time I ever had it done I ended up getting the job and I said well why don't you make this an option ongoing because it's mm. completely unfair to expect someone who's creative that's right to sell themselves yeah and paper. I think we um as a community are very hung up on at the moment equality and my thing and controversial to some is equality will never exist we will never have equality because equality isn't what we should be striving for it's equity there's people um there was a really good image that I found last year and it was um equality looks like this and it was the wall yeah and so the wheelchair user couldn't get up rather than equity has the ramp and has this and it has helping people um who are smaller lifting them and it's yeah i think that's super important to look at because it doesn't look the same for everybody Mm -hmm. um so i don't think we should be striving for that even simple things recently went to the airport and i wasn't in the wheelchair but i noticed these things now that the emergency stop button for the conveyor belt was up really high And I said to my partner, I was like, if I was in the wheelchair and I was stuck, I could not press that. Breaks my heart. Which was in Sydney Airport. Yeah, wow. So I think we have a long way to go. Well, you're right in that when there's design bodies or when there's boards or when there's people making decisions about every single aspect of ergonomics in Mm -hmm. life, there needs to be every kind of body, person making those decisions, people without ability to use their legs people who are really tall people who are really short like my dad is essentially a giant yeah he he can't sit on a an airplane yep. unless he's in an aisle seat and then he gets the trolley like bash into yep. his legs every time so he just he hasn't ever come to australia yeah because he can't handle the flight yeah so we got a long way to go we do have a long way to go. we should probably wrap up on a positive note <laughs> we're both quite passionate <laughs> um yeah what's your one learning and takeaway Maybe it is gratitude, maybe just being grateful for everything that you've got. But from your experience in the last couple of years, what's what's mm. something you think? Actually, because often when we go through a challenge in life, in hindsight, we can look back and go, I'm glad that happened because I can yeah. this or this is my mindset. Or Yeah. Um, the gratitude, big one. Um, also, uh, what else? It's not taking things for granted that you had but also not um stopping yourself from achieving those things again mm-hmm. like um just because I am not where I was and I have this doesn't mean that I can't live a full life or live as I was mm-hmm. I guess um 
Did you get a sense of you're quite pleasantly surprised by your own strength? Because we've spoken quite flippantly about, yeah, oh, yeah I couldn't walk and then now here I am. But that's huge. Like, yeah, you look I, think, oh, I do. I've always proud. been very strong-willed yeah. um, and determined. Yeah. Um, and I think other people were more surprised than myself. Like in my head, I, it was never not going to be an option. I was like, I will be walking again. So I'm very stubborn when I set my mind to something, I, it, it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. And this has just proved that that... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's made me look through at the world in a very different light and a very different... Um, like, a, you never know what people have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, how can we... How can I be the voice of... I used to think that people were a little bit... Um, when they would stand up and speak about something, I'd be like, okay, we get it, you know, but now I'm like, visibility matters and how can I be a voice for those who have gone through something similar or who are through living through something similar because I have a platform, yeah. you know, it's not a huge platform, yeah. but I have a platform. So I think I've become more open to standing up for what's right yeah. and for bringing um, tricky topics that are hard to talk about and that do have a lot of... Um, or big energy and big opinions around it out in the open mm-hmm. to not to debate it's not about a debate it's about hearing everyone's side so yeah I think I was always a very like oh I don't want to talk about that because that's too controversial and that'll get people will hate me or they'll unfollow me whereas now I'm like no let's let's ch- discuss yeah. it let's talk about it it's yeah. important well thank you because that's the reason why I started this podcast is to have difficult conversations yeah. and to educate people and to help people to be able to think about things and approach things differently yeah. because I think we do get a little bit what's that thing that the the horses wear around it yeah the blinkers blinkers on that's the word tunnel vision um and so thank you you've really enlightened people's um probably views around people with disability mm. but also people who maybe don't feel confident in their body to go it's not about what I look like it's about experiencing and yep. celebrating and having fun yep. so thank you so much for your time no today. thanks for having me fantastic my absolute pleasure do you want to do a personal plug of any instagrams any sure. yeah. um my personal instagram is at the handsome mum mm-hmm. um and our business one is at the jungle body beautiful get along to a class everybody yes we have a find a class function on our website so you just type in your postcode and it'll show you everything nearby um but you you will not regret it it's the best fun brilliant and i will do the same yes because i have been yes a- aiming to <laughs> you can hold me to that yes i'll be messaging me you every week <laughs> okay. have you gone yet have you gone yet and I'll put it on my instagram so i'll proof that i'm there yes Perfect. excellent wonderful thank you so much no worries. well um practice gratitude everybody and um get to a class. Thanks so much. Bye.